Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Hey, it's true, isn't it, that it can be difficult to predict the future as we've just seen. But given the year that we've just had, are there many skills that we'd probably give more for? I mean, wouldn't it be amazing to have predicted this last year? Wouldn't it be amazing to have predicted where you would be at and the things that maybe you're trying to cope with and deal with at the moment? What would it be like if you could predict your own future? Well, many of us have come close. Many of us have come close probably when we're in a situation and we look around and we see a whole bunch of mess and a whole bunch of chaos and a whole bunch of difficulty and we think of something. We think this, I should have seen this coming. I should have seen this coming. I should have predicted my future. I should have seen all of the signs on where this was going, and yet I didn't, and now I find myself in a place that I really should have seen coming. Maybe you've thought that in your head before, but maybe there's something that you have said where perhaps you haven't predicted your own future, but you've definitely predicted other people's when you say this, you, you should have seen this coming. And right now I imagine maybe people are nudging spouses or kids or whoever you're watching with as you know that you have said this. Why is it that it can be so easy to see what other people can't see? Why is it that when someone comes up to you so surprised that they've found themselves in a whole bunch of mess and they just say, I just, I just couldn't see this coming. I just didn't realize that this was going to happen. And you think, how? I mean, everybody saw this coming. This is not a mystery to anybody but you. I mean, when they come to you and they just sort of say, I never realized that I was heading in this direction financially or relationally or spiritually or morally or whatever it is. And you kind of look at them and think, how can you not? have seen this coming. When it comes to predicting our future, it is possible with a few and a few important things. And that's kind of what this series is going to be looking at. How is it that we can predict our future and why is it that we can see other people's train wrecks before they happen? And why is it that other people can probably see your train wrecks before they even happen? And so that's what we're going to be looking at. And maybe right now you're sitting at home and you're worried and you're feeling self-conscious that maybe there's something going on in your life right now that everybody else can see other than you. And you're worried about what that could possibly be. And as I said, this is what we're going to be looking at as we start this series, The Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future. But before we get into that, I actually want to start with a problem. And the problem and the bad news is this. Most personal problems can't be fixed. Most personal problems can't be fixed. Most of your personal problems can't be fixed. And there's a reason for it. There's a reason your personal problems can't be fixed. And it's because you are not the same as stuff. We fix stuff, don't we? We fix cars or you fix a computer. For two years, I had a laptop where the keyboard didn't work. And so to try and resolve this, just because it was going to be so expensive to fix in my head, that I just decided to plug in a USB laptop keyboard. And I spent two years with this keyboard externally. And it was a bulk to carry around. It really wasn't ideal. It was completely impractical. But over the course of two years, I just got used to it. When eventually something went wrong with my computer screen as well, I eventually went to the Apple Genius Bar. And they were amazing. 
I gave it to them and they said this MacBook is actually on a list of a particular type of MacBook that needed to be recalled anyway. So we can charge all of the problems just to uh, what we would fix anyway for you and it will cost you 10 pounds. 10 pounds and a few days and eventually my laptop came back and it came back like it was brand new. That's what stuff is like, isn't it? When something breaks, we can take it to an expert, they can give you a solution, it will come back to you and it will be brand new. People are way more complex than that, aren't they? I mean, people want fixing and they want a solution, but actually, personal problems don't work like that. When I was 15 years old, I had a friend who went and got a girlfriend. Now, like most 15-year-old boys, I wanted a girlfriend, but I had the problem of not having one. And he had a girlfriend, but he had the problem of not really knowing what to do with one when he got one. And so they would kind of stand outside at break times at school, kind of looking a little bit awkward, not really knowing what to do. But one day my friend came to me after his girlfriend disclosed a whole bunch of pain in her past and a whole bunch of situations that had happened to her that that had caused a whole bunch of difficulty for her. And he came to me and he just said, Johnny, I just kind of want to fix it, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do to fix it. The truth is, when it comes to those deep-rooted personal problems, when it comes to the messes and chaoses of life, we are not like stuff. We can't be fixed. Most personal problems can't be fixed. The good news is that most personal problems can be avoided. Most personal problems can be avoided. Now, there are a whole bunch of chaoses and tragedies and big things in the world that we can't avoid. They come out of nowhere and we have to deal with them. But the question should, we should ask is, are there problems in life that we can predict that we shouldn't have to suffer through unnecessarily? Are there problems in life that we can predict and we can avoid? Let me explain it a little bit like this. In the past year, we've just had COVID-19, a pandemic that swept across the world. One that really many people would have never have predicted, never have even given a moment's thought about until it happened. And even when it happened, it didn't feel all that real. In spite of the pain that it caused, and in spite of the immense difficulty personally and maybe economically that it's caused, a whole bunch of people all across the world for many people watching this right now, COVID-19 wouldn't have been the worst thing that happened last year. In fact, it probably won't be the worst thing that's happened in your life. It might be, but for many people, it won't be. For many people, there'll be something else that happened last year that maybe you were responsible for that could have even been avoided. Most personal problems can't be fixed, but most personal problems can be avoided. So to help us with this, we're going to be looking at a principle. Now, the thing around principles is that they are just true. They've always been true. They've been there since the start of the world, and there's nothing you can do about them. It's not like a rule that's invented or created that can be broken. These principles just exist. They're out there. Think about Archimedes' rule of buoyancy. The rule of buoyancy has always existed. It was just discovered and explained. That's really what principles can do. You can't break a principle. You can ignore a principle 
And when you do ignore it, then ultimately that principle will break you. But principles are just out there. They just exist. And we're going to be looking at a principle today that's true in your life. It's true in my life that many of us might ignore or might choose not to live by. But if we do become more aware of it, uh, we will be helped as a result of it. And so this principle is explained, or the language we're using it comes from our friends at North Point. Uh, we often use maybe two or three series a year that's inspired by them. And this series, uh, Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future, is one of those series. And this principle they name the principle of the path. The principle of the path. And the principle is this. We get to where we should be the same way we got to where we shouldn't be. We get to where we should be the same way we got to where we shouldn't be. In other words, direction determines destination. Not solution, direction determines destination. The reason for this is that when we get ourselves into problems, when we find ourselves in situations and messes, it's not simple enough just to give ourselves a solution. The way we got to the place we are in is because we were facing a particular direction. And to get out of it and to change our lives, we need to start facing a different direction. Let me explain it like this. Every now and again, I'll have a meeting with somebody or a meet up with a friend whereby they want to go through a particular issue and a particular problem. And often they say exactly the same thing. In fact, you can almost guarantee it. In fact, I can even think of a moment now where someone said exactly this, whereby we'll be speaking and they'll say, here's my problem. Give me a solution to fix it. What do I do? What's the magic bullet? What's the thing that makes my life go back on track? And I'll often ask a question, and I've never really pieced this together before, but it's true that actually the reason I ask this is because there really isn't a solution. And I ask this, how did you end up in the place that you are in now? How did you end up uh, in the place that you're in now? And it might think, well, why does that matter? I don't want to go back to the place that I was in. I want to go forward into a different place. How does it, why does it matter uh, that I look at that point? And the reason it matters is because we need to recognize the direction we've been heading in to decide to go into a different direction. Direction determines destination. I mean, think about it like this. When you're lost in a car, you don't call your friend's house to whom, whom you're going to and just say, hey, I need a solution. I need a new car or I need a new sat-nav or I need a new solution. You say, I need some directions. I need to, need to know where I need to go now. Now, here's the thing. This principle is true, but it's not new. In fact, it was explained uh, a couple of thousand years ago by Jesus. Jesus talks about this principle. Jesus explains this principle as part of perhaps his most famous teachings. We call it the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and it's almost like a big collection of teachings. Chances are he probably said it time and time and time again. He probably went through this sermon multiple times. It was the sermon that he probably went to, uh, and it, we just sort of bunched it together, put it together, uh, and we have it as a couple of accounts, but in Matthew, uh, writes out the Sermon on the Mount. And just as Jesus gets into the closing points of this sermon, this magnificent piece of work that explains really why Jesus came and what Jesus came to do and what's going to be the best way to follow Jesus, Jesus tells a story 
which speaks directly into this idea of direction determining destination. Jesus tells a story that allows us to recognize that we can predict our own future if we give time to it. And so Jesus, at the end, he tells a story. Now, you would have probably heard this story before, even if you are someone who's watching today and you've never really considered yourself a Jesus follower or a churchgoer. Chances are you've probably had a variation of this story uh, or a story that you may have even not ever uh, attributed to the Bible uh, before or attributed to Jesus. But Jesus shares this story right at the end of this magnificent sermon that caused people to be amazed. This is what Jesus says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words, because he's just come off the back of this sermon, off the back of this long, uh, long talk around why he came and how he wanted people to live. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, puts them into practice. Now, how often can it be that we just listen to something and we think, that's good, that's true, and then we never do anything about it? When I was younger, that was me in maths lessons. I wouldn't understand it. I wouldn't understand it. I wouldn't understand it. And I had this fantastic teacher called Mr. Kiat. Uh, and Mr. Kiat used to come to me and he said, uh, he explained the maths problem to me and he explained the principles behind it and I could see it and I would say, well, that's true. I understand that now. And then I used to think, I'm never going to use this thing again the rest of my life. Jesus was not your maths teacher. Jesus wanted you to put what he said into practice. He said, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice will have a solution to all of their problems. Jesus never said that. That's not true. Jesus didn't say that. And the reason Jesus didn't say that is because it's just not true. I mean, you've probably got family members or you've seen things or you've been to churches or events before where they kind of say this. If you just do what I say, I will give you the solution to your problems. It's January. Chances are that you have seen adverts before on social media or on TV or maybe YouTube where there's somebody who's really attractive and really good uh, and really muscular. And they sort of say, just do this thing and you can look like me. Do this thing and I'll give you the solution to your problem. And in the reality, you look at those things and you already know that it's cheap. You know that it's not true. You know that it's not that simple. You know that your problems are more complex than that. You know that actually they probably just want something for you. And Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus wanted to say something different. Jesus recognized the complexity in our situations and gave a different answer and explained the principle of how direction determines destination and that for some of us we need to change our direction. Consider right now with me, is the direction you're heading in the direction you want to be going in? Are you heading in the wrong direction? And so Jesus says this instead, therefore anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built, who built his house on the rock, who built, who did something about it. Process, energy, 
going into time and time and time again. And this idea of building on the rock, we might not really know what that means because we're not house builders, but it doesn't take a lot to put two and two together. Rocks are hard. It's difficult. It's something that takes time. It's like the building site that you go past day after day after day and nothing seems to be happening when in reality, everything seems to be happening because it's difficult. It's a process. Anyone who puts these words into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And then Jesus goes on to say this, the rain came down, the streams rose, and many of you will know a song about this if you've grown up in church before, the rain came down. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock, because its foundation was a process, because its foundation was heading in the right direction, because the hard work had been done. Then Jesus says this, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, who assumed that tomorrow's weather would be the same as today's weather who decided that actually it's not a matter of uh, process as much as it's a matter of what works right now. When I was a child, it used to be the case that we would go out to the beach and we would build these big sandcastles and uh, we'd sort of have a competition on whose would look the best and whose would look the most artistic. But for me, it was probably more important to make it sort of structurally strong because I also knew at the end of the day, as the tide would come in, we would also have a competition around whose would last the longest. And like the sea would come in and we would have different turrets trying to defend the main castle and everyone would be sort of building up and making sure it would last as long as possible. And then the sea would get closer and closer and closer and closer. And eventually it would spill into the moat and spill into the battlements. And we'd be like getting our spades and trying to build it up as the sea was coming in. And one thing was for sure, however well you built it on the sand, it would eventually just be flattened. And it was obvious because we knew that the place that this uh, sandcastle was in was never going to be designed to last. And yet many of us live like that. We just think that what happens tomorrow will be the same as what happens today. And we just think, hey, if things don't work out, I'll just redo. I'll just act like the stuff that looks to get, uh, looks to get fixed. I'll just act in a way that I can reboot. I'll act in a way whereby I can live with solutions rather than a new direction. Hey, if this doesn't work out, I'll just remarry. If this doesn't work out, I'll just remortgage. If this doesn't work out, I'll reboot. I'll reset. I'll recharge. I'll rest and tomorrow I'll try again and it will all be different. Here's the thing. There's one common denominator in those things around your personal problems and it's you. You don't change. And when you don't change your direction, the same thing will happen again and again and again. And you will be like those sandcastles just getting washed away and rebuilt and washed away and rebuilt and washed away and rebuilt. And nothing ever seems to change. You can be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds came and beat against, blew and beat against the house and it fell, what with a great crash. You have those moments and you have those memories where you remember the moment where it was kind of not okay to the moment where it was almost irretrievable. 
You have those memories whereby everything kind of seemed explainable and you thought, how could I have ever hoped for anything other than what happened? But you can remember hoping. And then there was the great crash. And Jesus is saying, listen, your solution isn't a solution. Your solution is a new direction. And so Jesus continues. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed. They were amazed. Why? Because they had been taught by everyone they had ever met. Listen, just do these things and things will be okay. Do these things, things will be okay. And remember, this comes off the back of a long teaching around who Jesus was and why he was there and what it would mean to follow him. And his teachings, because he taught as one who had real authority and not as their teachers of the law. Finally, something that makes sense. Finally, something that's not just trivial, that offers a cheap solution. Jesus offers us this principle that direction determines our destination. Sarah Boa Anderson, in her book, The Space Between Us, really sums up this idea well as well. This idea of wise and foolish builders. When we look at that story of the builders, actually, when you look at it, it doesn't say anything around their skill set. It doesn't say anything around their financial situation. It doesn't say anything around their talent, just around what they do with what they know. For many of us, we might look around at other people and think, why is it that it just always seems to work out for them? Why is it that things just seem to work for them? Why is it they just always seem to land on their feet? The reality can be is that there might be more going on behind the scenes and we realize maybe it's that it's not just a situation but a direction that they're traveling in. Jesus offers us this wisdom and Jesus was more than a wise teacher. This was more than just uh, a good bit of advice. And we're going to explore that more and more and more in the coming weeks. And if you stick with us, you're going to find that out hopefully more and more and more. But as a starting point, as we begin this series, we can realize that we can predict our own future more than we perhaps realize. But to end with, I just want to end with a story that might give this a little bit more context around who Jesus was as well. The story really is in my childhood home. Uh, there was a sh- quiet road that we lived next to that led out onto a busier main road. And it was fairly normal, maybe once every two or three years, that there would be a significant collision outside on this junction where we lived between cars that were pulling out onto the main road. And what's amazing about the neighborhood in which I grew up in that I'll always remember was that everybody seemed just to have a role when those situations occurred. It was like everyone was ready for it. We had builders with high-vis jackets that would walk out on the road and direct traffic around it so the traffic could keep moving whilst also keeping the people safe of whom had crashed. We had people who lived next door to us who worked for the St. John's Ambulance and they would come out and administer uh, first response uh, and uh, emergency first aid. We had people who would be always calling uh, the first to call 999. And it was my family's job, it felt, to welcome in the paramedics uh, and the people who were involved in the crash, if it was appropriate, or the police sometimes, to come and do their interviews there. And we would give them cups of tea and they would sit around and do the stuff that they needed to do whilst everything was worked out. And we were the house that would just naturally seem to have people in the house. It was brilliant. 
But there was one occasion, one evening, where we were watching a film together, and at exactly the same time as there was a car crash on the TV screen, we heard a crash outside. And so we looked out and we could barely believe it because we just thought it was like this surround sound that we'd never bought. And we looked outside and there was a cyclist and a car that had had a collision as the cyclist had pulled out into the road. Now it was a really dark night and so we came rushing out and everyone was rushing out and the person came out of their car uh, in absolute shock and this cyclist was alive and would eventually be okay after they went to hospital but they were lying out on the road without any lights on their bike or without any reflective jacket. And all of the neighbors came out and we stood around and we looked at this cyclist and we just went, you really should have worn some lights. We stood around and just said, if you didn't wear lights, none of this would have happened. If you had decided to wear lights, then actually we wouldn't be out here now. And, and, and next time you go out, you should really wear lights. You should learn your lesson from this. Of course we didn't. When we all came out, everything happened as it would have always happened. People were calling 999. The emergency first aiders were rushing out, looking after the person who was miraculously fine. The police came round and, uh, and sat in our room to try and work out what had happened. Paramedics came to make sure everyone was okay. The driver of the car came in and sat down as well as we gave them a blanket. In those situations, Nobody was there in a point where they just said, you should have known better. Everyone recognized that actually, whilst perhaps what had happened wasn't the wisest thing in the world, that there was a grace on offer where people could be comforted more. And yet for many of us, our opinion of God looks like that first scenario where God looks at us and the problems that we're in and just says, well, you should have known better. If you had just done what I would have said, or what I would have done, then everything would have been okay. And actually God is not like that. In fact, when we assume that we're more like that than God, we kind of put ourselves in God's position as if we're more godly than God. And that's just not true. God sent Jesus for this very reason. So that actually when we do find ourselves in those situations, Jesus teaches us, actually, it's our direction that determines, determines our destination. This is the way I want you to live. This is the way in which I want you to think. But also I'm here for the moments where things don't go right. And I always want to provide a way when you're lost to come home and to come back. And so we're going to discover that more and more and more over the coming weeks. But I just want to leave you with a question right now before we go into the next part of our service and the question is this what path might you be on that requires a change of direction what path right now before you get to it before you make the mess before you find yourself in the chaos requires a change of direction that's all for this week thanks once again for joining us we'd love to keep the conversation going so why not check out forge church uk on facebook twitter or instagram or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Forge. 